And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, April the 7th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1862, Union forces led by General Ulysses S. Grant defeated the Confederates at the Battle of Shiloh in Tennessee. Today in 1922, the Teapot Dome scandal had its beginnings. Interior Secretary Albert B. Fall he signed a secret deal to lease U.S. Navy petroleum reserves in Wyoming and California to his friends, oilman Harry Sinclair and Edward Doheny, in exchange for cash gifts. Today, in 1927, the image and voice of Commerce Secretary Herbert Hoover were transmitted live from Washington, D.C. to New York in the first successful long-distance demonstration of television. Today, in 1954, President Dwight D. Eisenhower held a news conference in which he spoke of the importance of containing the spread of communism in Indochina. Eisenhower said, quote, if you have a row of dominoes set up, you knock over the first one, and what will happen to the last one is the certainty that it will go over very quickly. This became known as the domino theory, although Eisenhower never used that term. He used that idea as an illustration. Today, in 1957, shortly after midnight, the last New York electric trolley completed its final run from Queens to Manhattan. But now a lot of cities are bringing these back. They're reintroducing these electric trolleys. Back to the future, I guess. Today, in 1966, the U.S. Navy recovered a hydrogen bomb that had U.S. Air Force had lost in the Mediterranean Sea off Spain following a B-52 crash. Today, in 1984, the Census Bureau reported that Los Angeles had overtaken Chicago as the nation's second city in terms of population. Well, former President Donald Trump and his wife, Melania, they attended Easter Sunday worship service at a multi-site evangelical church near their home now in Florida, Mar-a-Lago. They were cheered after being pointed out by the pastor, the Trumps attended the one of the morning worship services at Christ Fellowship Church in Palm Beach Gardens. A senior pastor, Todd Mullins, he's the founding pastor of that church. I think this pastor, I'm pretty sure, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure that Todd Mullins, Pastor Todd Mullins, was one of those guys on the uh, pastor's advisory committee when um, President Trump was in office. So I think they have, they're pretty close, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, that's the church he attended. He would have certainly heard the gospel of Jesus Christ in that church, because that's where Todd Mullins is coming from. Mullins recognized uh, Trump and Melania when they came in and were seated. He said, it's also our privilege, my privilege, to welcome President and Mrs. Trump to our service. And uh, a video that was posted online showed that people broke out in cheers and applause in the congregation. Then they continued to do what was most important, not applaud Trump, but worship Jesus Christ, because he is risen. The problem that we have today in our world is that there are those in power, in leadership, significant leadership, even reverence, ordained ministers, who claim that the work of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not that big a deal. One guy, 
one guy is the pastor of a very famous church. He just became a senator. I've mentioned him before on this program, but I've got to talk about him for a few minutes today. It's amazing. On Easter Sunday, former pastor of Atlanta's prominent Ebenezer Baptist Church, I've mentioned this in other other contexts. I haven't talked about specifically what I want to talk to you about right now, but I've mentioned him. Ebenezer Baptist Church is where Martin Luther King Jr. preached. His father was pastor there as well. And so Warnock has been the pastor of that church. He ran for the Senate. He's a way far left guy. But I didn't realize he was as far left as he is in his theology. I was not surprised. I just didn't know how far left he was. I do now. But he came out tweeting on Easter Sunday, and I saw it yesterday, and he says that the meaning of Easter far surpasses the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, he's saying the resurrection of Jesus Christ is no big deal. That is implied in a lot of the the narrative that we're hearing today in the name of religion, in the name of Christianity. This pastor, Raphael Warnick, he became senator in the last election there in Georgia. Remember, he and Ossoff, they both ran against, uh, in a runoff, they ran against Republicans, and both of the Democrats won, and both of them are really far left. And as I said, he's been the senior pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church, so he was very well known, particularly in the black community, but, but elsewhere. So as a couple of billion people worldwide rose to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday, including the former president and his wife going to church to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Warnock goes on social media and he tweets this, and I'm quoting him, The meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Whether you are a Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves. He's saying that if you do good works, social justice, you will save yourself. His tweet is an example of basic theological liberalism. That's what it is. It's completely at odds with the direct witness and essence of the New Testament. There is no salvation in the senator's tweet whatsoever. And yet he's been standing behind a pulpit for a long time as a pastor. He'll give an account for that. But he also has wrecked the lives of people who are looking for hope, who came to that church to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the only salvation there is, eternal salvation for mankind. It's a heresy, what he said. And he needs to be called out on it, and he was. But he doesn't care, because there are a lot of those. It reduces the significance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to a self-saving moralism, and thereby it makes me, not God, God. It's up to me. If I work hard, I'll be saved. If I don't, well, you better work hard. You better show up. You better do what you're supposed to do. That in and of itself is a control factor. Salvation is free and it is only found 
through the person of Jesus Christ. The Bible is so abundantly clear, you cannot miss that truth in the Bible. So these people are not misunderstanding it, they're simply ignoring it. And at the peril of only God knows how many souls will not spend eternity in heaven because they sat in his pew and they never heard the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and that we can be forgiven of our sins. We can be transformed by the power of God. We can become a new creature in Christ. They never heard any of that. And now here he is as a senator exerting his newly acquired political power to tell people that the resurrection Easter's and the resurrection of Christ is no big deal. There's a message that transcends that. And that is, if you work hard, and we'll decide if you're working hard enough or not, if you work hard, you're going to be saved. You can save yourself. Boy, I'll tell you, that's the same thing that, that I mean, it's, it's the same thing that Reverend Jeremiah Wright taught where the Obamas attended church for 20 years. In fact, Wright married them, dedicated their children to God. I don't know if they baptized them or if they dedicated them, whatever they did. But Jeremiah Wright was preaching that same kind of gospel, that reparations and and uh, liberation theology and all of this kind of stuff, which is, is heresy. And the Obamas were very comfortable there. So was Oprah Winfrey until it kind of became politically uncomfortable for them, and people started looking at what the pastor was saying. You remember that. So the Obamas left the church because they didn't want to be uh, tagged with what he was saying, but they were comfortable for 20 years in that church, sitting in those pews, until it became a political liability. Unfortunately, there's too much of that in pulpits in America today, and unfortunately in many black pulpits, not all but many, too many. But it isn't exclusively minority. It's any ethnic. I mean, there's white and Asian and whatever teaching this kind of misleading and damning theology that isn't theology. So anyway, that's what he was doing on Easter Sunday morning. He was tweeting that Christ rising from the dead, not a big deal. There's a bigger story here. That really bothers me. I won't even say what I could say about it, but it bothers me. God has done so much for all of us, sending his only begotten son to be mocked and beaten and spit on and jabbed with a a sword, a spear, hung out in front of the public and mocked to die for my sins and this guy's out there with the power that he has as a senator and formerly a pastor saying this I hope that bothers you as well and I think it does many of you I want to talk a little bit more about that but I wanted to take just a moment this morning to tell you, to remind you that we we took a step of faith. I took a step of faith, and I told you why on Monday. I won't go through all the details, but we are going, and we are getting response. Uh, people that regularly support us are doing something over and above what they normally do, and that's simply what I ask you to do. We need 
to raise $30,000 here in the next uh, short period of time over and above our regular budget. We're expanding this ministry, and I'm not just trying to expand it like everywhere there's an opportunity. There are myriad opportunities for this program to go on. I'm just not, I just haven't felt in my heart that was the thing to do yet, but we are going on in Portland next Monday. We will be on the air. And we need an additional $30,000 to fund this and, and make it work. And so I'm simply asking you to help us. We did that in Seattle. One uh, businessman from Bellevue stepped up and wrote the check for thirty grand and helped us. And so we're asking you to do whatever you can to help out in that regard. And I know God will speak to your heart. And this isn't about me. It's not about building anything. It's, it's about impacting people. And I have long ago moved past the idea of what Gary wants. But I believe God wants this. And I, I believe he'll speak to you, the hearts that should be spoken to. And those of you who can do certain things, you'll do what you can do. And we'll move forward with this for the kingdom of God. And I want to thank you in advance. Um, our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98. 98- Zero zero nine. I continually hear, I heard the other day, and I, I take this as honor to God and in absolute humility, but I heard just, I think it was yesterday, somebody told me, they said, man, I have not heard anybody on Christian radio or otherwise doing what you're doing on the radio, how you're talking about what's happening in the news often on that very day and relating it to Scripture. And I'm not aware of anyone who's doing that either. It takes an extra effort. There's no question, not only on my part, but on the part of others to make this happen. I am grateful to them, and I am grateful to God, and I am humbled if God can use us. That's how I feel about it. So in that spirit, um, please prayerfully consider helping us to make this expansion. It gives us coverage in the rest of Washington State in the southwest corner, and it opens up a fairly large market for us to reach people in the Portland metro area. And then they have this station has translators uh, out on the coast, I believe, on, um, I can't remember, it's Astoria. There's several towns out there, maybe Hood River uh, in the other direction east of Portland. But anyway, uh, I feel it's the right thing to do and after much prayer. So thank you for standing with me. I need you, but thank you so much. Billions of people, a couple billion at least, celebrated the resurrection. This guy clearly didn't. Immediately when he put up his his tweet, this Army veteran, Samuel Williams was his name, he said, what kind of reverend would say something like this? Jesus Christ died and rose again to take the sins of the world away. You are poisoning the minds of Christians for political purposes. Well, hopefully he's not poisoning the minds of true Christians, biblical Christians, but he's certainly poisoning the minds of people who are sitting there listening to him. And if they're believing and acting on on what this pastor has been saying from the pulpit, surely because he's saying it on social media now, they're not truly Christians. Because there is only one way to God, and that is through accepting his son, Jesus Christ, as the only begotten son of God, and as the only way to God, Jesus himself said, there's no other way given among men whereby we might be saved. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. Even I can understand that. And I've preached that from the pulpit my whole life. And it is the power of God. It changes people's lives. God doesn't need me or Warnock or anybody else to kind of um, popularize it or condition it to the culture, make it culture-friendly. No, if you preach the gospel and share the gospel, it works. Because it's not just words or philosophy. It is the power of God unto salvation, as Paul said. But this guy, this Warnock, his comments are not only misleading, they are heretical. Jenna Ellis, remember her? She was that kind of young, um, I mean, not kind of, she's quite young, uh, kind of a blonde uh, young woman. She was a, one of the several lawyers for Trump, and uh, she kind of rose out of nowhere. Nobody really knew who she was, but she's very brilliant and uh, just you know, caught everyone's attention because of her skill, and, and she deeply committed to the Lord. Well, she saw this, this Jenna Ellis. She saw this, uh, that this Warnock tweeted on, on Easter Sunday morning, and so she got on Twitter, and she said this. She said, this is a false gospel and heresy. We cannot save ourselves. The absolute truth and only meaning of Easter that matters is the literal, physical resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we must accept him as Lord and Savior. She said, read Romans, Reverend, in quotes, Warnock, you are a false teacher. Amen. I agree, totally. But not everyone took that particular position. On MSNBC, Joy Reid, she's one of those whiners on NBC's news channel, she saw the tweet and boy did she react. She said, this lady, reacting to Jenna Ellis, she said, this lady is literally calling the pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s church, a heretic. This actually happened today. Madam, I'm going to take Reverend Warnock's take as a pastor and a scholar of the word over yours, if you don't mind. It's that kind of blind idiocy that causes people, including Joy Reid with NBC, to follow this kind of false teaching. And therein lies the problem. There is the eternal consequence of believing a lie and believing this kind of heretical theology. The eternal aspect of it, the eternal consequences of it are the most important. But it also it also manifests itself in the culture and particularly people of influence. A pastor certainly has influence. A senator obviously has influence, a U.S. senator. So when these people put out this kind of teaching, it does have not only and most importantly a negative eternal consequence, but it has a cultural consequence as well. President Biden is a Catholic, calls himself a devout Catholic, and he says it often, but he embraces these kinds of things. I'm not saying that he's affirming what Warnock said, but he affirms Warnock. But he travels in that same lane. He and First Lady Jill Biden shared an Easter message on Easter, along with a bunny, a full-size bunny. There was some person in this bunny suit. The bunny had on a mask, of course. 
But all of the president's comments, and yes, I am being critical of the president, all of his comments on Easter, about Easter, he didn't even mention the name of Jesus Christ. That's offensive to me, and it should be to every Bible-believing Christian. If the guy is going to claim to be a Christian, if he just claims to be an atheist or a Bernie Sanders type, then great, stand up and don't mention Jesus. But when you claim to be devoutly religious Christian, and you claim that again and again and again, and then you stand up with his life-size bunny with a mask on their face, and you talk about the morality of getting a vaccination at the expense of not talking about Jesus Christ, that should be bothersome. And that's what's wrong in our country today. That's why we are where we are. We have forsaken God. We've turned away from him. We are claiming to be followers of God on the one hand, for whatever reason. And on the other hand, we are embracing these kinds of crazy, crazy ideas and demeaning and diminishing ideas in regards to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not a word about Jesus Christ from the President of the United States. He used his words to affirm the morality of being vaccinated, but not the importance of accepting the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In his book titled, How Liberals Are Waging War Against Christianity, David Limbaugh, Rush, the late Rush Limbaugh's brother, David is a devout Christian, and really a smart guy. I've never met him, but I, I read a lot of what he writes. I read a lot of what a lot of people write, but I, I really like him through what he writes. But he documents the left's pattern in this book. It, was, it came out a few years ago, how liberals are waging war against Christianity. And what he said then is, is even more true today than it was then, and it was true then. But he documents the left's pattern of discrimination against Christian influences in the culture, Christian values, and Christian religious liberty. That's why I read it. And in there, he's right. And even those leftists who claim to be Christian most always hold views that are at odds with biblical truth. Have you ever noticed that? The leftists who seem to so publicly embrace their Christianity, they always take positions against, in opposition to biblical truth. Donald Trump did not come into office as a, like a pastor or something. I mean, anything but. He is a very flawed person. We know that. We're all flawed. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But we haven't had a president in recent history of this country who has done more for the sake of Christianity and for the sake of godliness and biblical truth in policy making, in the presidency, that, I mean, I don't remember the last time we had someone who did as much as he did, and neither does anybody else. But when you, when we put in office people who claim to be Christian, I am Christian, I am devout, etc., 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 and yet they hold to these leftist views, the positions they take and the direction they lead this country and in Warnock's case, lead individuals as a pastor, is toward destruction, not toward the the blessings and the abundance of godly policies and of, in the personal sense, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Limbaugh said in, in his book, he said, irrespective of their deep faith or lack thereof, 
speaking of leftists who claim to be Christians, he said they too often are at odds with biblical Christianity and Bible-believing Christians in the media, at the universities, in other schools, in our culture, in the political sphere. And he said it's, it's not any coincidence that the overwhelming number of mocking atheists on Twitter are flaming leftists. He then noted what I mentioned yesterday. In fact, I hadn't reviewed what I'm saying now till afterwards, but he did mention that occasion where Barack Obama's comments a few years ago, as I said, I mentioned that yesterday in a little bit different context, but Limbaugh mentioned that in his book, and he says when he said, that, uh, Obama said the people who live in small Midwestern towns, they get bitter and cling to their guns or their religion or antipathy to people who are not like them. He says Obama's statement set off alarms for many reasons, not the least of which was that Christians are supposed to cling to Jesus Christ. Their faith in him is the central part of their religion. There is not only no shame in trusting and depending on Christ, it is essential to their salvation and their Christian living. And he was, Barack Obama was mocking that privately at a fundraiser in San Francisco. But that tells you more about Barack Obama than it does about the Christians of the Midwest of America. It's an appalling statement. He was wholly unaware of what he was revealing about himself, what he was telling you that. And that's how uninformed these people are spiritually, whether it's Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton or whomever. It doesn't matter. They claim to be godly, but they deny the power of the gospel. Paul spoke to that. They claim to be representative of of the Lord and the Bible, and yes, and their pastor stands up in the case of Kamala Harris. Yes, she sings in the choir when she can. Well, great. But why doesn't she enact policies that support the God she claims to worship? They don't. And that's the problem, and that's where this all comes to rest, not only in eternity, which is the most important, but the consequences are felt across our culture. And that's what we're feeling and beginning to feel today. They make really stupid policies. I don't have a lot of time left this morning, but I mentioned, and I I will mention again, the Major League Baseball's uh, thing, they pulled the All-Star game and that draft out of Georgia because they said the laws are oppressive. They're not. They the reformed uh, laws for voting. Well, they've now moved it to Coors Field in Denver. They've taken $100 million out of Atlanta, where 51% of all people in Atlanta are minority, mostly black, and they've moved it to Denver, where between 9 and 10% are minority and black, and they've taken that $100 million, the Major League Baseball, in the name of helping minorities. You figure that out, and then when you know that Joseph Coors the former president of Coors Brewing Company, when you find out that he built the stadium where they're moving this to, and Ronald Reagan and Barry Goldwater and Coors set up the Heritage Foundation, that's where they're moving this game. Think about that. We'll probably talk about it again one of these days soon because these are stupid decisions. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow.